Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bitter, and we have one of the best 
stories we've had on via James Tiswell from Violent Soho, going to McDonald's on his way for a job through his cousin, getting the interview and then turning on the radio in his car to find out that his band had been nominated for an ARIA award that year. So memories like that and a lot more from James Tidswell coming up right now on 101 Part-Time Jobs. I realized Thurston Moore was the episode before this and Thurston Moore is the one that signed them. Eventually they signed to a major label because of that. So there's a nice link there. If this is your first time listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, have a look. There's been some great guests this summer and I'm hoping that they'll continue to come in. East London Signature Brew have been brewing music-inspired beers since 2011. You may recognize them from their collaboration beers they've done with the likes of Mogwai, with Enter Shikari, with a whole load of other bands, Mastodon as well. And if you're in England, you can go onto their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, and then you can get 10% off by typing in 101 podcast as a voucher code at checkout. All right, here's James Tidswell from Violent Soho giving us some of the best stories of their career. Cheers for listening. How long have you been a full-time band now? How long has it been your full-time thing? Full-time? Probably only... uh... Uh, 2013, I reckon, maybe 2014, actually. Yeah, 2014. In fact, I could say May 2014, <laughs> you know. Um, I just remember getting the call uh, from um, a manager and just being like, hey, like this is, you know, uh, how it works. And, um, you know, you, you're good to get this much a week, basically. And I was like, whoa. Like, I was walking home. So at this point, I was earning... At one, you know, one week out of the month, it's hard to explain, but it was 440 bucks. And I used to live on one side of the city and like walk across it. It's not that far. It's probably like maybe three, four kilometers. It's, uh, it's not far, but to and from because I had to save money because I had a um, uh, a baby as well as like, um, you know, uh, starting family on 440 bucks you know, touring yeah. all the time, you know. So I used to have to walk to save money because I couldn't even uh, afford the bus, you know. Um, wow. Yeah. And um, to get that call, I, like, it was it was just like, wow. It was, it was like, holy shit. And um, I, I literally stopped straight in at the pub and sat there and had three beers. And, um, yeah, called my dad on the rest of the walk home. And then, yeah, I just, I'll never forget it, you know. So what were you doing before that? Well, at that time, I probably had that, you know, one of my most favorite uh, jobs in in some ways was uh, I was working at a guitar store um, and it's called Tim Guitars in Brisbane. Yeah. And and he had a record label. Um, We we had uh, uh, records in there as well as like lots of uh, vintage gear. He made a lot of design stuff. There's lots of bands coming through. I mean, you know, Shellac were doing in-store there. Um, Yeah. So that was around... 2013 i worked there i don't know for how long but um yeah yeah so that was a that was a really good uh good place to to work when you were working there was your mindset kind of like how far into the future were you looking i suppose maybe that's a tough question no well i i i went from not looking into the future at all so i was just heather and i uh, my wife had got our first um house uh, and, 
ever at this point. So at this point, it's 2013, we just got our first house and we, we had half of a house. And so we shared half of a house with um, seven dudes from Nepal. And But we thought that this was real good because they had the downstairs, we had the upstairs. And uh, we lived in West End and, and we were just so stoked on, on life. But, um, you know, at the same time, um, she, uh, Heather was pregnant. And so, like, it was, it, you know, that was kind of like, oh, I'm probably going to need more than 440 bucks a week, <laughs> you know. Just released Hungry Ghost, I think, in 2013. So still working there at, at that time. I'd work there every day and then at 5 o'clock uh, go to the recording studio to, to do my parts and then, you know, yeah. um, do them whatever time and, and go back. So, um, and we actually the launched that album in that shop. Uh, that was the launch show. There's probably like, you know, 200 people there. I don't, I don't really remember, but so yeah, the mindset went, went like pretty crazy because you know needed to do that, and then um, so I needed sort of more money, but like also like the band, like you know, uh, we were so stoked on the record and we we really wanted to tour it and and stuff, and then um, uh, you know, uh, the album comes out. We basically like get way more popular and um and then um my uh dad died so and this this all happened within like sort of like my baby was born my band was big and my dad died within sort of like um you know hard to explain but you know in like seemed like a month you know um so yeah then the wow. game pretty uh you know relevant and at the same time you know had this incredible blessing that you know i'm able to be there you know for my family in mm. uh everyday life all of a sudden mm. i'm working like you know all the time and touring all the time to being home all the time and yeah that ma- that makes me think about how how you you released that first ep was it 2006 yeah it was yeah so between 2006 and 2013 14 that's that's a good chunk to to basically spend a lot of your time, money, and effort towards you know being in a band which necessarily wasn't financially reaping back. <laughs> Man, you can tell you played in a band, eh? Because um, <laughs> yeah, you know, isn't it? It's just crazy um, the reality. You know, I, I I used to try and explain to people that you know playing in a band is is a real expensive hobby. It's kind of like. Uh, motocross very very expensive hobby to get into just yeah. to get into let alone once you start getting like into the amateur division then you're like you know you're kind of keen you know you're, you're ripping everything's fun but that's even more expensive to, you know um and people used to say you know can you believe this venue is pay to play and i was like man as far as i'm concerned every venue is pay to play <laughs> what kept you going because because you're all like sort of well, you have to be childhood friends, teenage friends at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of kept you guys going? And and because you've because you've kept the same lineup as well, which is rare. Um, yeah, we we have. I think um, you know we're just not a uh, necessarily necessarily a, a band in in a lot of the ways of, of that we've met people. You know, we we meet a lot of bands and have over the years, and we're just sort of not the the, the same as that. I think it's. Um, it kind of feels like, yeah, I guess like Luke just wrote songs that we, um, you know, cared enough about that, you know, we believed that th- this is ripping, you know? So yeah. 
once it becomes a common, you know, mindset of like, wow, this is out of nowhere. Um, it, it's easy to have appreciation. So, you know, we, I can still honestly say that we appreciate every single moment, you know, um, because, because uh, it was not, we never did rightfully believed it was ours to receive. Was it, was it a case of like, what are we going to do? Because, you know, I suppose what you're getting early, mid twenties, your friends are getting jobs. You're being like, okay, shit, what are we, what are we going to do here? So that our families don't think we're complete reprobates. <laughs> well, there's nothing you can do about that. Um, any support that any Dan gets from their family is unbelievable. As far as I'm concerned. Um, the, uh, I think it was just like, you know, when you're young, you got that us against the world, you know, mentality. And um, when you get a sniff of it in like a uh, a place like that, you know, and we we sort of had um, such a, a big hit of success out of nowhere that, uh, you know, uh, in 2010, you know, so. Um, that was when you got picked up by the by the major label. Yeah, well, first and more, and then through him, like, uh, Universal. Um, once they were excited as well into it, it was like, you know, we, we made like a 300 grand album or something. Like, I think in total, it was like recording it yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. That's crazy. Our next album, Hungry Ghost, is uh, like $20,000. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a trip, you know. But, you know, um, being in a band yourself and, and stuff, it's like... Yeah, man, like what's kept us like going is like we are true music fanatics. We we love to, uh, you know, res- we understand the uh, and, and want to respect, you know, what there was before us kind of thing, I guess, in, in yeah. some way. You know. When Thurston picked you up and you, you signed to Universal and when all that stuff happened, how much did that change your day-to-day life in terms of, you know, being around to work other jobs? Well, that was the end of all other jobs, really. I mean, that was the first time, I guess, 2009, where we couldn't possibly hold down a job. We we all moved to um, New York and we, I, you know, by the time we got there, I don't know when, but just before Christmas till October the following year, we did like 210 shows in a, in a year. So there was no no job happening but there's also no like wage either you know it was like yeah living off off pd which we thought was incredible <laughs> you know um but yeah 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 you're young and it's the, it's the best thing in the world but uh right. you know the reality the reality is is you know you're starving <laughs> how long did you stick it out in new york for uh a year yeah <laughs> was that a visa issue or no that was i i couldn't live there that is for sure that is really yeah yeah it's next level people thought we were moving there as in like from the band and stuff and yeah i was just like hell no as soon as like i could go i, I left and yeah, yeah my wife all our wives lived with us we all lived in a in a in a you know, apartment so it's like eight of us in like a three-bedroom unit it was it was gnarly <laughs> this is after we've already been a band you know for a few years it sounds like you've had a good support unit th- throughout that and i guess when it comes to like reality even if necessarily you don't have a great 
income or steady income if you've got a support unit maybe you don't necessarily feel the pressure of that wow dude yeah yeah you're very right yeah that's so true and when when you got back from new york what what were you what were you doing at home what were you doing back in brisbane well, I, I got to go without a job for six weeks and then my wife was like, because we're living with her sister and she's like, you're going to have to do something. And yeah, I mean, we are so poor. And, um, but we got a roof, you know, like, and so I yeah. was kind of hoping that we'd get a tour so I could avoid reality, but it just didn't really happen. And then, um, oh, so like, and uh, I went to get a job, my first job, I called up my cousin, he worked at McDonald's and I was like, can you get me a job? And he's like, yep. So I drove in and um, I pulled in the car park and I got a uh, text message from my mate as I'm in the car park that said, congratulations. And I was like, congratulations on what? And he's like, and, and I could tell like he, he was a bit weird about it. And he wrote, um, oh, your haircut. And I'm like, what the fuck? Anyway, and then I had to go and uh, do the interview. So I walked in and I went through the whole McDonald's interview. I'm like 28 years old or something. You know, uh, you know, two of the world playing like Lola Blues and stuff, and um, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, we were like six months late track on K Rock at the time. You know, it was, it was crazy. And next minute, I'm sitting at home getting a job at, at my local McDonald's. And um, anyway, I went through the whole interview, and someone's like, "Oh, I saw you at Slender in the Grass and stuff." That one of the the kids as I was going through, and I was like, "This is so heavy," and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I came out and I sat in the car and he's like, yeah, you got the job, no worries. And I sat in the car and I turned on the car and on the, the radio, it, they said, um, oh, Violent Soho is nominated for Best Rock in uh, the Aria. And I mean, at the time, a nomination for that was like un- ridiculous for a band like us to even think of even sort of being nominated in, in that sort of thing. And so I, I literally heard that in the car and I was like, oh, my mate must have heard earlier and then didn't want to like ruin right. it. But meanwhile, I've just done an interview at McDonald's. And um, <laughs> anyway, so I go to do the job and on the way I'm driving there and nothing against, you know, anything. Like, you know, um, but I just pulled over and called up and, and – uh, quit on my on my first day I, I pulled over right out the front of it i was like no nah, i can't so brilliant yeah brilliant. but i've done i've done that sort of stuff before you know um i always say my my favorite job best job i've ever had was i worked at subway and uh how come I loved it. because like there's nothing you don't have to feel guilty for making anyone a sandwich a sandwich is the greatest gift <laughs> it is it really is and like uh, I like to think, like, you can just get stoned all day, have the NBA on or, like, in the summer, the cricket, you know, and watch it and just make anyone the sandwich they want. And you just stand there and be like, yeah, you want a sandwich. There's your sandwich. It's like, man, see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know? <it's... laughs> and the thing is, you can't, you can't fuck up the condiments thing because, obviously, clearly, they decide. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they don't like it, they only have themselves to blame. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a guilt-free, it's a cruisy living. I mean, um, I've even, I even looked in at getting a franchise with um, our drummer, Mikey, because he worked at one too. And we came off uh, to him, we're like, you know what, that is the perfect job. But, um, <laughs> and, and then we're like, but we'll get our 
like it's ridiculous to pay for one. So you may as well do your own sort of style in a in a cool place. But pretty much the same thing. Just you know, your meats are, aren't slimy. You know. So yeah. So that was the idea. We wanted to call it Super Sandwich, but um, that's still the, that's still the dream. You know. Yeah. We one day yeah. get to get back to working the same job we did when we were like sixteen. <laughs> So that was James Tidswell from Violent Soho on 101 Part-Time Jobs. This was one of the first interviews I did this year and I, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I pressed stop recording before we had any chance to kind of wrap it up or goodbyes or any of that shit. But if you enjoyed that, there's loads more episodes. Thurston Moore before this, as I already said. If you like this episode, if you like this podcast, go ahead and rate and subscribe. Give it five stars, obviously, and go and enjoy yourself. Cheers for listening. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast.